Hi, everyone, and welcome to the COVID-19 Vaccine Show. And I'm excited to work with program, Dr. Mark Hay. And Dr. Mark, what's going on, man? You know, uh, we just seem like that this COVID thing's not going away, and you're starting to see what you predicted before September, October. They're concerned for another spike. You know, it, it, it's a, first of all, let me say it's wonderful to be alive. Thank God I'm alive. Um, it is the... the um, the new variants are very effective at spreading through aerosol spread. And we're going to cover that today. We're going to cover that Delta is already in the U.S. It's already hit. And yet you do not hear it in the casualty figures. Why? And to take you there, you know, one of the things we've tried to do in this show is take people in their mind and their thoughts to places they've never been before. Some of that is frightening, uh, but, but if you'll, these things go on whether you think about them or not. So the, the purpose of these discussions, and we talk about some topics that have never been discussed before, is not to terrify people, not to frighten them, but they might understand that many complex issues are going on in processes that they were never even thought about. One of the things we didn't think about when we had the common cold as children was that was the common cold actually growing in our colon, in our intestines, intestinal tract. And we knew that when we had a common cold that was a coronavirus cold as a child, when I was young and you were young, our nose would be, get real stuffy. Right. And our nose would run and it would, we would blow mucus and it was gross. And hopefully our parents were around and give us a hug and you had a mom and mom took care of you. Uh, but we knew that we didn't have any GI symptoms. We didn't vomit from it. We didn't have diarrhea. So we did not think that the coronavirus was actually affecting our intestines. We didn't think that we had an intestinal process for coronavirus because we weren't puking up. We weren't having massive diarrhea. We weren't having any GI symptoms. And so we said to ourselves, it's this, this cold has got my nose clogged up because your nose was clogged up and it was runny. And we weren't even having systemic side effects like body aches and chills and fever. Remember the old saying, starve a cold, but feed a fever. Usually you don't have any sepsis when you have a coronavirus cold. But I would suggest to you today that coronavirus was actually in your intestines. And that is based on coronavirus family infects the GI tracts of all kinds of animals, chickens, goats, all kinds, lots of mammals. It is common in the intestinal tract. And just because your intestinal tract is not having symptoms, doesn't mean it's not multiplying there and it's not creating a immune defense from growing in your intestines. Now, when SARS-CoV-2 came around, most, none of us are really virologists, 99.9999%, almost none of us are virologists. And one of the things that we came across was, hey, guess what? This is something that's gonna get in your lungs and it's gonna choke you out. And because we focused our attention on the lungs, we in many ways forgot that other th processes were going on, that coronavirus was being processed in our intestines. We even, we heard about cases of diarrhea and vomiting 
but those were in cases that were very symptomatic from the respiratory version. Those were cases that occurred not early in the stage of the cold, but late. Remember, coronavirus was taking like 17 days to kill people in the first wave. Exactly. Kind of a long time. It, wasn't, it didn't kill you in three days, it didn't kill you in four days. And usually the nausea and vomiting and diarrhea would only occur like seventh, eighth day after exposure. That was not early, that was a later event. And one of the things that was really strange is that uh, the people who were doing studies started noticing things that affected the intestinal tract, stomach acid like Prilosec or you know, proton pump inhibitors, I better not use Prilosec's name, uh, and, uh, and famotidine, which was a uh, anti-acid pill, but much milder, would actually, was actually associated with survival, uh, different levels of survival. Proton pump inhibitors actually caused a decrease in survival, were associated with the decrease in survival, uh, excuse me, and famotidine or Pepsid was associated with good, good outcomes, higher survivals. And so one of the things that Trump did when he took, when he got coronavirus was he had at least somebody, actually they had very good, he had a very good doctor who put him on Pepsi that wasn't approved by the CDC and wasn't approved by the CDC. Trump had several things that weren't approved by the CDC, but he's the president of the United States and he got the best, well, he got the, he, he got an outstanding physician, group of physicians working for him, and he did quite well. We also knew that people with intestinal tracts that were, we knew that obesity was, a, was very much associated with it. We also knew that old age had a very high risk. It turns out that in old age, well, let me introduce that better. Okay. Higher patches were known for the decades to be associated with part of your intestinal immune defense. Higher patches were part of your intestinal terminal ileum, and we'll just call that the last stage of the small bowel before you reach the large bowel. Don't want to bore you with details. But these higher patch defense was actually going on all the time in your entire life. If you ask 99% of your neighbors, actually, if you ask almost every other human in the world, even somebody who's a virologist, what do pyre patches have to do with your viral defense? Almost everyone in the world would say, I don't know, I've never heard of anything like that. But guess what? Today, you get to hear about it. Because I'm going to suggest to you that pyre patches that are part of your intestines are one of that are part of that defense that protects you from disease of coronavirus. And the pyre patch processing was part of the small bowel processing. And that older people lost their pyre patches. And this was known from certain uh, articles that once you hit like 70s and 80s, your number of pyre patches you can produce dramatically falls, but they weren't appreciated as a viral defense until, guess what? We came out with this lecture. To, this shouldn't be a lecture. This is uh, just interesting places to take your mind. That's, I don't like lecturing to people. Uh, so 
in the intestinal defense, which involved pyre patches, is really what protected you. And as I've said so many times in this, God looks out after you in ways that you can never imagine. So much thought, so much planning went into your life and your existence that you never comprehended. And that has more, far more to do than just pyre patches. There is a God. And God's body that he designed for you is sophisticated. It's a glorious thing. And the challenge, the opportunity to learn about that is a blessing. You know, does modern virology understand pyre patches and their exact role? Absolutely not. The way you get to learn about things, though, is to, to discover them and to, dis, and to study. And to, to discover means to go and do things that nobody else has done before. Is there always risk? All explorers face some risk. You know, I took live coronavirus and I did it on numerous occasions and then inhaled from people that were exhaling it. That would seem high risk behavior, but I believed in the process and I learned. And, and still a year later, I'm still learning. But you know what my learning has taught me is that the sophistication of your own natural immunity is truly amazing. Now, this feeling that natural immunity is far better than vaccination is also shared by some at the Canadian COVID Care Alliance. They agree that in general, it's a little bit risky to give your young women and young children a virus that's experimental. Certainly, you know, people are free to do whatever they want. You, you are free to use, uh, 200 years ago, you were free to use cocaine and heroin and they weren't even regulated. Uh, but you're free to get a, a vaccine for as young as you want for your child. And we're not gonna say that as a parent, you're negligent or harmful. Right. But, but any parent that wants to not experiment on their own children that haven't had children yet, that's not really that crazy, okay? That doesn't mean they're insane. Uh, Stephen Pilek is somebody that uh, we're going to want to speak with some of those people from the Canadian COVID Care Alliance. And we're going to have want to have an interview with them and get their feelings and thoughts on important issues. And I think that's going to help our viewers get a get a perspective. Right. Definitely need to get that perspective, Doctor Mark, okay. because it's now, uh, now it's, yeah, for sure. What you said is what is the current state? What's new this week? And you often ask me that, Neil. Uh, and there's a lot new. It's exciting. It's fun. I mean, it's, I, I can't say coronavirus is fun. Okay, because that'll be taken out of context. And la -di -da. The, the new variants are spreading like wildfire. They're blitzing through states. And to get you proof of that, we need to look at the national wastewater uh, surveillance system, WNWSS. You know, all these big government programs get like initials, mm -hmm. National Wastewater mm -hmm. uh, uh, Surveillance System. What is that? Well, we're going to explain it to you in 60 seconds or less. Number one, when it, coronavirus, when you get coronavirus, if you don't have any symptoms, it's still growing in your colon. Remember I gave you the story of when you were a little kid and you had coronavirus, it was growing in your colon, you didn't know it? Mm 
Well, guess what? Coronavirus is actually growing in the intestines of people all over America while we're doing this. And it's growing asymptomatically. Is that not cool? Okay. <laughs> yes. I mean, really, it is pretty cool that it's asymptomatic, that these uh, most of these people are not in ICUs. Guess what? Where is it growing? Well, here's what happens. When it grows in your stool, you go and take a, a poop. You, you, when you poop, it goes to sewage plants and the sewage plants take samples and they send the samples off and they measure it. I think it's for the R, viral RNA. It's like P, uh, PCR. And what's happening is, is that the Delta variant in several states is now the dominant, dominant variant meaning it has taken over as the primary variant that is found in the stool system. Now, here's the key that I want you to bear in mind. When you're asymptomatic, when you're not having symptoms and you're not sick, you don't go see the doctor. So you don't get your colon checked to see if you actually have right. the, the, the virus going in there. And the same is true you know, have you had your colorectal cancer check every 10 years once you're 50 years old? So if you have old people, you got to remind your, your older family, or if you yourself are older than 50 or 60 or 70, you remind your family, hey, I, every few years, I need to get my colorectal cancer check by, by checking for, for blood in my stool, et cetera. Okay. The, when there are no symptoms, you don't automatically get a check. So throughout certain states like Missouri, Missouri was found to be the highest number of Delta variants, highest number. Wow. Sky high. It, and in fact, when we look at how it took over the septic tank systems, it went from a small fraction to taking over the entire state septic systems as being the dominant variant, which means that just as we had predicted, well, you know, I, this is like self-praise and that should not be the case. Right. As was previously predicted by experts who knew, understood that the, that the virus would, and I'm not going to use evolve, but I guess, yes, I will mm -hmm. use the word evolve because it's, it's, it's about evolution, but it's not about people coming from monkeys. Okay, so yes, that virus was respiratorily selected to be better aerosolized, which we have talked about here for six months or longer, nine months. Right. We said that it would, you would get variants that were very rapidly spread as an aerosol. And we said on this program for nine months, which was not said anywhere else, hey, guess what, boys and girls, men and women, this is an aerosol spread virus. And yes, it is. It's a, I don't need to praise the virus. I don't need to call it, it is a, it is a high technology aerosol spread uh, virus that goes through the air. And now the Delta variant is spreading all over the state of Missouri. It's infecting the intestines of the state of Missouri. Those intestines are pooping it out and it's showing up all over the septic tank. How, 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 how do they test that to know that? All, all they do is they, they take out the stool samples and they send it off to be processed. And so when you look at some of these sites, and I'm going to take you right here, Mm -hmm. You will see, look, studies suggest, you're sharing my screen, right? Yes. Look, look down here, MissouriIndependent.com, spread of Missouri COVID cases likely to double or triple in July. Guess what? I would suggest to you, those cases are not just tripled, 
They may be quadrupled or more, but you're not seeing it in death rate. It is filling, it is massive amounts showing up in the sewage systems of Missouri. And yet the death rates in Missouri are not increasing, they're actually decreasing. How can this be? You're not getting this information from the CDC. Is that Fauci? Is he running over to talk to Ron Paul and say, hey, no. Senator Paul, I've got good news for you. He doesn't do that, does he? No, no. how about all them people from the CDC? Are they holding up their little hands and say, oh my God, we have millions of intestines getting infected in Missouri, but our death rate is actually going down. So what do you do in that situation? What's what's next step then, if that's the okay, case? Let me tell you what's going to happen. First of all, I have had very little praise for, well, well, I hadn't praised the CDC that much. Okay, that's true. But I will say whoever at the, came up at the CDC with the stool surveillance system did a marvelous job. And my hat's off and my compliments to anybody at the CDC or the National Wastewater Septic Tank Surveillance System, the, the National Wastewater Surveil, uh, surveillance system that is actually measuring the stool uh, COVID variants. I think that is fantastic science. And I want to thank those people that got involved in that. I want to thank the United States government for supporting that type of research. I don't know that it was done in China. Maybe the Chinese do the same thing. I don't know. Probably. And in fact, there is actually a poop. There is a, uh, and you know, poop is kind of a off disgusting thing for a lot of people until you think see now do you see this map you see my map coming yeah. up here mm -hmm. that map shows where it's the dominant variant it's taken over in, in in missouri now even better yet there is actually a uh, a poop website that just as we had uh all these places reporting from the health departments Around the world, all the septic tank departments are now starting to report what kind of variant they have and send, send their data to central clearinghouses. This was an awesome research tool. And here's the difference. What I wanted to prove myself right, and, and the truth be told, I'm a proud and vain person. And like, I like it when I'm right, and I don't like it when I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, and I like data that shows that you know, hey, guess what? Maybe he wasn't, that wasn't so, such a crackpot idea. But um, that information was critical from the sewage systems because we couldn't get the general public to get their stool tested voluntarily. Right. We needed to collect it from the stool systems. And when you collect it from the stool systems, it shows the people that have symptoms as well as don't have symptoms. Whether you are sick as a dog or whether you have no symptoms at all, you're still going to poop. You're still going to use your toilet. Does that make sense? So, so it doesn't. When you measure it out of the stool systems, you're going to pick up and be able to measure it and quantify it without knowing, without people saying, I, I didn't want to spend the money on a test. I didn't want to pay a copay. Uh, so as a health system, that was just a brilliant, wonderful thing. And that's actually the first time I've talked about the national uh, septic se uh, surveillance system and it's not it's the national wastewater surveillance system excuse okay. me all right so what does so this here's mean what, what does this mean mark I, I, this is here's, here's what it means in a nutshell mm -hmm. 
it is irrefutable evidence that the virus, the new variant, Delta, spread like wildfire through Missouri. Mm-hmm. And it began to spread prior to mid-June. Mm-hmm. And yet, when we look at our death rates, they are still bottoming out. They're not increasing. If we look at, there are acute cases that bumped up a little bit. There may be some people that never had any exposure in the first wave. But in the second wave, they've had a a slight increase. It really means that when it comes to these naturally occurring variants, and by naturally occurring variant, I'm talking about things that occur through accident. They're not deliberate mutations. They are not designer designed in a lab to kill you. Right. That, that these aerosols spread new viruses that are now spreading as an aerosol. Once you had your initial exposure in the United States, you are largely protected from your new variant. I expect that that will probably be the same that once exposure has occurred, you're probably going to be fairly well protected. At some point, people may lose, the people that are most likely to lose resistance will be the people that are vaccinated. Wow. But even, but even the people who were vaccinated inhaled virus and had it growing in their intestinal tract. And really, it means it challenges. It helps prove what has never been proved that all along the virus was, as I said last year, when people were exhaling virus, it was invisible. It got on the food, you ate it. It grew in your intestines. It, that didn't make people sick. What made people sick was it reaching their alveolus. Right, exactly. Okay. And, and, you know, we've said that, how, we've said that nine months and we were, I was considered a uh, whack so, job. So what, job. Do you, what do you predict in September and October if this keeps going wildfire? Are they gonna go okay. crazy? Here's what we're, we're going to see. Initially, the CDC will stand back and they're going to wait till the end of July, probably, to begin to even address these issues. Actually, you don't see even Fauci going before Congress and talking about the latest news, do you? No, because it doesn't fit his little narrative that he's been weaving for, for a year and a half. So eventually they're going to have to. Now, the CDC likes to control information. I would not be surprised if they don't come in and try to control the septic tank results or they're going to try to explain them away somehow. Right. Uh, they're going to, you know, I don't know what the CDC's rebuttal plan is. And it's not about, you know, science should be about truth. But truth to a large degree is about debate. Yes. We have had, you know, what we've lacked in this country is honest debate. That if you, if you didn't jump on their bandwagon and sing the tune they wanted you to sing, that guess what? You were an enemy. You know, I grew up with some very smart physicians. I referred people to other smarter physicians that were experts in their field. There's too much information out there for one person to be an expert at everything. That just is physically impossible. Totally impossible. As a Physician, though, one of the things I wanted to do was learn, learn beyond the standard of care. Many of the physicians in your community were as smart as I was. They had the same capability. 
Now, many of them were in fear of, of political repercussions and, and, and professional repercussions. They weren't fear to, they weren't, they didn't have the freedom that I exercised. Now, I exercised a lot of freedom at, at my own professional risk, but I'm a risk taker. I do things that uh, put myself in professional risk. And that's, but that's another, that has to fit in with your personality. You have to be the kind of person who, if they believe it, will stake their life on it. And that's not for most people. And, you know, most people are not born martyrs. They're not born natural risk takers. And, and that's, that, it's just not the way they're cut out. Mm-hmm. But here's what you're, here's the nitty gritty. This little, this Neil Haley show. Yes which came out and began to interview and, and have this stuff about GI COVID. Yes. Wallowing live virus. Yes. It was right. It was right nine months ago. It was right. Hey, guess what? When I presented to, uh, I wanted to present to Operation Warp Speed. They chose the big money, the big people, the big famous people. The big Pfizer and Moderna. So where do you That's see this? Difference. So because I know we are close to running out of time. Where do you see this going next? You think that yes, let me here's, find here's, out natural immunity works. Yes. Now here's for the first time in human history, we have aerosol spread asymptomatically. As long as that virus remains within the coronavirus family, it may be fairly benign, so benign you don't even know you're picking it up if you've already been exposed. Now in countries where they've had no exposure of coronavirus through the respiratory system, those people may die very rapidly, especially when they're exposed to versions that are mutants, that are much more fat, rapid growing, and they're more toxic, okay? So in countries that like North Korea, and I pray for those people in North Korea, if they have had a total lockdown, have no exposure, those people, may have a high death rate if the new variant ever got loose in their society. In Australia, in certain parts of Japan, we're fixing to have the Olympics. Look for those people. They're still under very tight quarantine. When you look at the Japanese Olympic crowds, realize almost all the people in them crowds, they don't watch our channel. They're not aware that if they even had live virus exposure, they would probably be protected, but that's okay. They're chat Japanese and they're, you know, sucking into whatever their government tells them or whatever their local physicians tell them. Probably their local physicians have no more freedom than, than they do in the United States. But, you know, you are a thinking person. Your life can appreciate your natural immunity. Your life can be thankful and you can educate yourself. And that is beauty. The truth will set you free as Jesus said, and ye shall know the truth. But bear in mind, the truth was crucified on a cross. Bear in mind, the followers of truth get persecuted. This is all part of the interplay between those that follow truth and those who will be persecuted. Because initially, they persecute people with different ideas, even if those ideas are true, because they challenge the power of the status quo. But eventually the truth does win. Yes. And that's inevitable. And the clo- farther we go on through these cycles, the more you, mu- you should realize that the truth has existed even when big pharma, big governments, big people in high places don't like it. 
even when they want to stamp it out, the truth will not be defeated. Okay. And hey, well, look, you have, remember, count your days, make your days count. And uh, remember, in the wastewater of Missouri, it has spread like wildfire. Either we're going to have an incredibly high number of deaths, or it's the death rate will continue to bottom out. And if it bottoms out, how come Fauci ain't up there explaining it away? I, I can hardly wait for Fauci. Come on now. Come on. They're just saying, Fauci. they're saying the worst thing is if you don't get vaccinated now, oh, you, yeah. are, you are putting. And, um, and, and remember what I told you in January, they would use the vaccine to claim credit for all the success. But guess what they're not doing? If the vaccine was so doggone successful, how come they're not showing that the people that show up with new infections, what percent of those are vaccinated versus unvaccinated? Are you going to tell me right now that the CDC hasn't sent out a crew to say all these people that are actually hospitalized, what percent of them were vaccinated versus unvaccinated? They would have evidence that they could publish. But where's the evidence? It's it's mysteriously absent because they should have evidence now that, hey, the people that got hospitalized in Missouri last month. The, those that were vaccinated were much less. You don't see that at that data, do you? Yeah. They, they only want, to a large degree, those in power want evidence that keeps them in power. It's called control the narrative, control the information. Okay. Anyway, but I've given you enough to think about. For yeah, one no, you gave us a lot. And then look forward to that next episode. Again, this is that's COVID-19. Uh, vaccine show. Appreciate it, Dr. Mark. We're gonna make your days, count your days, make your days count. My days are numbered. Make every day last and tell those you, you live with that you love them and make, make the most of every moment. You have a great day. All right.